0: Do you love decorating your home with your personality and showing people who you are as soon as they enter the room? But maybe it's just so difficult to find what you were looking for. Maybe some Pokemon card coasters. Or maybe even some Totoro miniature vases. Hell, maybe even a Star Wars Rebel logo canvas for your wall. Well luckily for you, us over here at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks have teamed up with Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T to give you what you've been looking for. Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T has opened up her Etsy shop, where you can decorate your home and yourself with your favorite nerd-up, from anime to Disney animations, or even mythical creatures. If you are looking for it, Tiny T from Nerdy Crafts has got it. You can find Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T by searching Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T on Facebook and Etsy, or by clicking the links provided to you on the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast page. Also, make sure you use the code LEVELINGUP at checkout to save yourself 10% off your purchase. That's code leveling Up at checkout to save yourself 10% off. Decorate your home with Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T today.
1: hey what's good everybody it's me your hero benjamin banks and you are listening to a brand new episode of leveling up with benjamin banks and joining me as always are my co-host rebellious d and trav how are you fellas doing today on this fine morning
2: hey you know what hey, man, it doing is good. baby doing good ready to go hey. got my boy
0: sam darnold celebrating yeah he uh, is
2: huh?
0: is he really he, yeah he threw he's a he's happy uh, to get out of there he he threw <laughs> a party like with his family because hey, he got traded no more mono yeah, man, <laughs> He was gone for the whole year I'm on this This dude said the whole year <laughs>
2: <laughs> It was like six games he might it, as well It was a good four to six games Sam, i bad you said he threw a party Wow oh.
1: Ty B Hey that's how I be sometimes, hey, look there. guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's, it's cool um, you know, seeing you guys. We're in uh, the month of April now. Yeah, man, and, you too. Uh, hey, I just wanna say that- What
0: you mean now? We've been in it all month.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just talking about as a whole. Like, I mean, we're in the month of April. Um, I just wanted to say, like, it's just been cool with all of the guests that we've had up here. Um, You know, like I said last year, I told everybody in that Facebook post, When we started with having Bo Billingsley on for our two-year anniversary, you know, leveling up with Benjamin Banks was only gonna go up from here. And I feel like every episode that we've done since the start of this year Dude. has been an amazing episode. We've yeah, been having man. some incredible and interesting people join us here on leveling up with Benjamin yes, Banks with some amazing stories.
0: All walks of life, all races, uh, yeah, all, all, walks genders, of life. all Like,
1: I mean, like, you know, we've, we've had older guests that have, you know, Shh. talked with us about, have talked with us about like, you know, like decades worth of, experience and knowledge dropped on us and you know I, I just want to say I appreciate all of the guests that we've had up here I appreciate everybody that listens to us each and every week and I always feel like that uh, you know when people listen to us I hope that they take something away from one of our episodes because like I said like the direction that we've gone since uh, the start of this year it's just been really amazing and I just hope people appreciate what we're doing up here on leveling up I know, you only bring it up every week so That's right I did want to say but, th- but Thanks to all hey, the listeners Hey but I mean it's, it's 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 a good thing to say Because I mean like yeah. That's that's who we are You know what I'm saying It's just like I love the fact that It's just like While we are a nerd podcast That we do talk about We do keep it real sometimes And uh, You know no, nah,
0: we'll, nah 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 Not sometimes All the time We keep it real okay. keep, keep it real right. time,
1: 100
0: You know me You know me do I ever shy away
2: from Sometimes. my opinion?
0: From my Sometimes. opinion, yeah, I, I let him know. Nah, definitely I sucks. Don't think so. I let him know that Netflix definitely sucks ass, and I'm not afraid. <laughs> hey, I'm, not a, I'm not. ashamed to say it.
2: No, he not.
1: Hey, well, right here, hey, he leveling up with Benjamin <laughs> Banks. <laughs> well, Trav, you know what? I'm I'm happy that you did mention Netflix because today's guests who we have up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, they are on a new Netflix live action show that is cowboy bebop and that is uh it's an anime that we all love here on leveling up with benjamin banks you know our second episode was about cowboy bebop and then for our two-year anniversary we had bo billingsley up here as the guest for um leveling up with benjamin banks so on today's episode we have none other than mason alexander park who is going to be playing Gren on the new Cowboy Bebop Bob live action uh, Netflix series? So, with that being said, if you guys are ready, let's go ahead and give Mason a call. But before we call them, let's have a word from our sponsors here at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks.
2: Hey guys, just wanted to drop some knowledge on y'all. A new uh, front of the podcast, Dewan O'Neill, has dropped his first novelization, Dear Dominic, a roadmap to his son. On Amazon, grab your copy today.
1: How are you doing today, Mason?
3: <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I'm doing fine. Thank you for joining us here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. That's right. Thank you for uh, opening my, my message that I sent to you when I slid in the DMs because, like I always say, they're either going to say yes, they're going to say no, or they're not going to open up the message at all. So I appreciate you doing that for me. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Anytime.
0: And, you know, we keep getting all these guests with cool... You know, full names. <laughs> I know, right? And, uh, I got I'm a little upset that I ain't got something that cool. You know, I mean come- well,
1: yours is the shortest. Yeah, yours is the shortest. I mean, you have Benjamin Banks, you have Rebellious D, and then Trav. It's just <laughs> yeah, Trav. Trav. It's like that's you need trav. to add Sometimes something, something all to
3: it.
0: So all right, that's right. Sometimes that's, that's all right. You need.
3: Yeah. short and sweet. <laughs> exactly. It's memorable. It's more memorable. <laughs> <That's right>.
1: Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Mason, what we do whenever we have guests come on, we always let them uh, tell their origin story. So what is your origin story? Who is Mason Alexander Park?
3: Oof, um, the big questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess I'm still kind of figuring that out, which is sort of like the most annoying answer of all time. But, oh, cheers um, to that. You know, I still, I still, I feel like I know who Mason Alexander Park is a lot more this year than probably any other, Um, especially with isolation. I think that like so many times, so much of your identity or how you see yourself is, is created by the world around you. It's sort of created by this constant reminder that you are or are not a certain thing or that you fit into certain categories. And I think that like a really cool thing about what's, I mean, one of the very, very, very few positives about what's going on right now is that so many people are like living in little bubbles and kind of, um, giving themselves opportunity to sort of explore who they are, um, a little bit more and without the interference of, you know, other people in real life, kind of checking them all the time. So, uh, so I do think that I'm, I'm slowly, slowly getting there, but, um, origin story wise, I guess I, um, I started acting when I was really, really young—not um, professionally, but like thinking about it when I was about six years old. And uh, my parents were very, very cool about trying to get me involved in like anything from sports to, you know, essentially like anything that stuck. And, and I guess acting was the thing that that I kind of that was like the spark for me. So uh, I started taking it seriously when I was in middle school and doing like theater and regional theater in North Carolina. Um, and then I decided to move to Los Angeles to go to a, a visual and performing arts high school, try to take it a little seriously, started auditioning out there. And then that's when I began to work professionally as an actor. I began to do um, like goofy teenage stuff on on, on okay. like Nickelodeon shows and all of that. Um, and then I thought that theater was kind of the thing that I wanted to do for a long time because it's, it's like the most challenging you know one of the most challenging art forms out there like i loved doing film and television but half the time you're, you're sitting around like eating snacks ah. and just waiting like hours for them to you know fix the light or something so there, there was something to be said about like the rigorous uh expertise almost that it takes to complete a story in you know a two hour two and a half hour experience like when you're on the stage um, and uh, and then Cowboy Bebop kind of sucked me right back into uh, right back into television. So it's been it has been a very weird like last couple last decade and a half of like strange transitions of me trying to be in one place and then sort of getting yanked into the other.
1: Mm-hmm. So pretty much you would say that it's been a bizarre adventure. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, of y'all course. know I had to get it in there. You got there it in. We know it's
2: coming. I tell Trav every week, it's called, here we go.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Mason, um, I, because I did my research on you, mm. and I saw that you were born in Fairfax, Virginia. Now the three of us, we live in Virginia. So, no way. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. We live in uh, Fairfax. That was more in Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. We're in Southern Virginia. Um. So did you grow up here in Virginia or... Were you one of those babies that were born here and then you moved somewhere else? Because
3: you know that happens a lot. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a mix of both. I um, We hopped around a lot when I was younger, but I've lived... Um, in and out of virginia for most of my nice. life at some point we were we were usually here in little small spurts it's actually where i am right now um oh, i'm on sense. a i'm on a couple weeks of a break uh, before i go to london to shoot another uh series and so i um i came to visit my parents cuz they still they live in um in northern virginia still and so it's it's nice yeah i didn't i had no idea that we're all we're all virginia babies exactly right. mm-hmm. we're all connected
1: one that's world that's very cool <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what they say on falcon and winter soldier like one world something like that
0: uh yeah i just can't remember the actual
1: flag smasher because they have it in
0: snowpiercer too they have that one cart one one train one cart one whatever it's something (laughs) like that yes yes (laughs)
1: so so mason have you ever came down to the 757 that's where we're located at
3: oh no i haven't spent a lot i haven't spent a lot of time down there (laughs) my family in north carolina so i've driven through you know like on the way Mm. down to go uh, spend the holidays uh, in Raleigh, but no, I've never, I've never spent an inordinate amount of time in, in Southern Virginia. God. Unfortunately, I'll, I'll come visit y'all at some point.
1: Oh no! Hey, hey, <laughs> they said it here first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you, yeah, That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, We're we gonna promise. hold you to it now. <laughs> hey, but for real, like, there's a lot of cool stuff down here. uh They just opened up the Apex uh Arcade Cinema Theater type thing, and then of course we have the ocean front and uh we have be-
0: beautiful artwork down in norfolk
1: yeah yeah there's a lot of cool stuff here mm-hmm. the only place that a lot of people uh don't really go to visit is chesapeake because there's <laughs> nothing <up>. there's <laughs> nothing out there
0: i mean trap you know it's the truth I-, I didn't know you were gonna say there's nothing out there i thought you was trying to take a jab at me no no
1: you're right
0: yeah there's nothing out here
1: hey when when, <laughs> Sin- when sinbad came here and he was just like, he loves coming to Virginia because there's so many cool things to see when you come, especially in the 757. But when you go to Chesapeake, all it is is just woods. That's, That's
0: all it is. Yeah.
3: That's all yep. it is.
0: Um, I want to double back and talk about the
3: Virginia conversation yeah, well, <laughs>
0: because, you know, you were talking about kind of the isolation of COVID and us sitting hmm. at home reflecting, um, now we got like phones and stuff to mess around with. Um, this is this is hurricane area, so you know when Ooh. we was kids we didn't have phones. So when power got knocked out for oh, a yeah. week, um, yeah, yeah, you played board games and stuff uh. like that. And it it got me thinking: what if smartphones weren't a thing during the time of COVID? Like. How much more could we learn about ourselves or learn about each other or a- anything like that? What would we do? Like, I don't remember the days bef- using the bathroom before smartphones. I'm like, what did I do in there? Now I look at me.
2: And- <laughs> what hey, did I'm I do? Crab, in there? I
0: don't what
1: think did that I that doing? was a good segue <laughs> oh, no, it's, a, it's a great segue what did i do the bathrooms
0: your alone time whether it's did a you, shower what? or other activities
1: yeah. man you, that's okay, your alone t- time. before smartphones like when i was in the bathroom i would just look at the floor and i would count all the <laughs> tiles yes yeah i
3: remember doing that
1: yeah it's, it's it's weird or like you would look at somebody's shower curtains and try to see uh if you can find like the image or the imagery and something because i believe that there's art in everything you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying so uh even a toilet paper i had had this toilet paper
3: too um i had a like a painting that was uh that that hung in my bathroom in north carolina um that was like an optical illusion painting where if you stared at it for too long it would it would turn into a different thing so i I think it was sharks if i remember correctly Um, And if you looked at it one way, it was like, like regular fish. And then if you like really focused on it, it turned into some like a big old scary um, great white. And I remember that was like probably my number one, uh, shower activity is i could see it right outside my shower and i would just stare at this thing as if it was the first time ever and that i truly like that counting tiles and like maybe sometimes like taking a book in or something like were the things that we that i used to do at least uh, to try to like make it a more memorable experience
2: i i just read a lot of comic books and books in the bathroom (laughs) the only thing i know that i did I did
0: for a fact was I made toilet paper yeah. triangles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, do something. I, mean, it, I, I find it funny that uh, like, this is where the conversation is right now. What did you do in the bathroom <laughs> before we have smartphones?
3: You're asking the uh, real questions is really what, yeah, this,
1: this these are, are what well, the people want. These are the real questions. I, you, I know, mean, the, like,
0: you know, the picture of Vegeta in the shower, right? And they're just looking up, taking the no. shower.
1: Uh, uh-uh. uh, okay. Well, Oh, are you talking about in the, like on the actual show? On the actual show. Oh, wait. No, he's not in the shower. Oh, like he's, he's just
0: in the rain. But he's, like, looking yeah. up. Yeah. That I mean, is that what you kind of do in the shower, though? Like, I be thinking. No. What? Yeah. I, I, did, I think all the it... time in the shower. I go in there and I think about life and...
1: Oh my god! In, my the, future, shower? in, yeah, in the, the shower, I just stand in the hot
2: water and close my. Eyes <laughs> okay, what are yeah, be thinking, bro?
1: Decompress. I, I I will I will fight uh, the water in the shower sometimes. It's like I'll great. like, yeah. I'll, like I'll punch it. Like sometimes like I'll reenact anime scenes, and oh, we know. Like sometimes I'll act like I'm Goku and I'll do the Kamehameha. At the uh, uh, at the water, pretend like the at. water is the Gallic gun, uh, and you're fighting yeah, it. Yeah, the coming <laughs> at me. Yeah, so sure he not, should that. be telling our guests this. No, <laughs> sure is, this is the one that started with the bathroom. Tommy. I now know, I know and, so
3: much and, about you. I know
1: so Mason, yeah, when you come here and up with Benjamin Banks, it's like Olive Garden. We're all family. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: oh, this guy, Mason, don't buy that. But anyway, don't buy that. Get back on the main road, good sir um but hey mason i wanted to or try to uh finish well, with your I, I was done
1: with the shower
3: talk
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um i'm sorry man. i'm sorry Bef- man. before we go back to the main uh the main plot line here mm-hmm. um i do think that having COVID does give us a lot of time to reflect mm-hmm. and um you know it gets it lets you get back to things that you like uh me i draw and mm-hmm. now i build models and it's like before covid you know you you could go out more often and stuff so it gives you time to reflect and work on you still i do agree yeah
3: i'm i'm really like amazed and inspired by all the people that i've seen find new hobbies or like reconnect mm-hmm. with old things and old yeah during this time because it's yep. like no i mean and probably not from this point on moving forward like there never really will be another time quite no, like this I hope at not. least while we're alive hopefully yeah. not um, where you can, you know, actually connect with things without like the craziness of the day to day, you know, world the yep. schedules that we normally set for ourselves. So it's it's good because it's also teaching, I think, people a lot about self prioritization. You know, mm-hmm. like learning how to self care in a way that I don't think uh, I even knew how to do. I still yeah was stuck at it, but you know, it's like it's it's a good time to recalibrate.
2: Yeah. yeah, because before the pandemic, it was like you go go go, yeah, and then it was kind of like slamming the brakes on in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You get you actually, you were forced to slow down, yeah. And it's, it is interesting that you brought that up, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. No, uh, I was just gonna say because of the pandemic, I mean, like it it really brought the three of us together and uh, mm-hmm. you know, putting out more content for our podcast, uh, starting a YouTube channel up, uh, because it's like uh, and a lot of times, uh, we're at home, you know what I'm saying? It's like we're not going out because you really can't go out to a lot of places and whatnot, mm-hmm. so. Um, you know, I will say that the pandemic, it has had its pros at, along with its cons, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy that we were able to, um, you know, take a positive out of what we want to do with the podcast and the leveling up with Benjamin Banks, uh, name and push ourselves because I will say like, it does suck because I Mason, I'm a professional wrestler and, um, because of the pandemic, um, wrestling kind of got put on hold for me, mm-hmm. like, I went from traveling every weekend to now just being at home on the weekend. So it definitely does suck. Um, like for you, like because of the pandemic, like were there a lot of um, projects that you had that were either shelved or were they put on the back burner? And if if they were, like what did you do to replace those those projects or did you just, you know, just mm. practice on your craft and hone it?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I had a lot of things. It's so rare, I think, as an actor to have things lined up. You know, the the whole the the function of the industry, the whole gig economy aspect of it, makes it really hard to know what the next you know year or two or three of your life might look like, unless you're on a series um, that has you know that built into the contract. And even even in those situations, it's like pretty rare for you to know that you're even going to come back the next year. You know, right. it's, it's such a, it is such a tense thing. So most things like most incredible jobs that you find are like, yes, you may sign a contract that says I'm going to do this thing for seven years, but like really it's one that you can guarantee and then hope that the rest kind of falls into place. Um, so I I was really lucky to have a lot of theater gigs lined up. I was doing a bunch of different plays and, and and things all throughout the year. And it was the first time in a while that like, I knew what I was doing right. from January to December for the most part. Um, and then, then this all happened. Everything kind of was in the midst of either getting canceled or postponed. And so I sort of had to do a shift because like as a, if that's your livelihood, if that's how you make money, you know, now all of a sudden I had no way to bring in any kind of income. And I was like, okay, I need to like recalibrate, think about other things that I can do in this time. Um, And so I started writing more uh, because I've, I've always kind of wanted to write for, uh, for film and television. That sort of thing that I had been working on for a bit. Um, And then that was going really well and really promising. And I was sort of like, okay, this is going to be the thing that I'm going to do throughout the next year or so as the pandemic is kind of, you know, uh, subsiding to a degree. And then, um, and then we'll see. And uh, and in the midst of all of those negotiations and all of those things kind of coming into place, uh, Bebop sort of came out of nowhere. And, and, uh, and that caused me, you know, to have to pivot again. And it was amazing to find work in the pandemic, you know, they were really, fortunate in the fact that that the production was always set in New Zealand ever right. since they first um wanted to do the show it just with the tax with everything you know involved it was just like such a draw for them to shoot it there and so they had already um shot a little bit of the show um before before the the whole you know pandemic shut everything down um and because of the way that New Zealand handled this entire thing, they were able to get back into production a lot earlier than just yep. about any other, you know, television series that I'm aware of. You know, they were only a small handful of them filming at the same time as us. So, uh, so that was like an insane, you know, blessing to kind of just come out of absolute left field, you know, as, especially as someone who had been considering doing more film and television, um, but hadn't really like found the right role or found the right job and was really like just focused on, on doing, you know, theater in New York and outside of the city. Um, It was just kind of like a lot at once and a lot of change. And then, oh, by the way, now you have to, you know, fly Mm -hmm. uh, like a a 30 hour long, you know, day of travel to go to (laughs) This crazy country you've never been to in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but it turned out to be unbelievably worth it and amazing. Yeah, it I, I, I
1: was yeah. going to I'm sorry, D, but no, 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 I, I was going to ask when you were in New Zealand, uh, because the pandemic, it is going on right now. Like, were you able to do any sightseeing or, you know, yeah. try out some of the foods there? like how like how like to our listeners and to our viewers that have never been there? Like, tell us, like, how was New Zealand?
3: I mean, it was like night and day, you know. Coming from, coming from America, and 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 kind of the, the place that we were in in the fall last yeah. year was okay. not great, um, and so I left. I mean, I found out about the job, and I, I believe either August or September, and then I left uh, right at the beginning of October to go and quarantine. And the way that the New Zealand process works is like the government is so heavily involved in in the quarantine process and making sure that it is a mandated thing, unlike here where they just kind of like some, if you travel domestically, like no one really cares. And if you're coming into a new city, like sometimes you have to fill out a form if you're going in, you know, like, but it's there's no real follow up. No one's like Mm -hmm. knocking on your door, making sure that you're quarantined. And the second that you land in New Zealand, like, you know, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, uh, the army is waiting for you and they Mm -hmm. escort you to uh, a hotel that they've assigned for you. You sit in this room for two weeks. You cannot do anything. They bring you food. And then that way, when you're done which I wasn't even really aware of until until the day that I was leaving isolation you don't have to wear a mask or anything like the oh, wow. entire country operates um, pretty much uh, as normal. I mean, there's not really the six feet, you know, the social distancing aspect of it when I was there. The only real thing day to day was they have this like uh, COVID tracker app, which is basically they just put QR codes outside of like every building. Mm-hmm. And if you're a business or you're even if you're a house, like you can download your own QR code and like tape it to your door. And that's how they track you know where people have been. So, in case there's an outbreak or somebody you know went to the walgreens and and had it, they can contact anyone who is there right. and signed in over the last yeah. you know couple of days and and make sure that they're following the you know proper procedures getting tested, all that stuff. So I only saw, you know, there were only a few cases in the entire like three months that I was there shooting the show. I feel like there were only a few and they publicly shame you like it's Game of Thrones and you are being, you know, it's (laughs) unbelievably funny. Like it's on the news and they're like Sandra went out and she got COVID down here at the, nah. at, like, like they are <laughs> so, Dang, scary, mean and, and so funny. It is so good. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's how they get you, you know? Cause like they want to, if you didn't sign into apps and like, you know, that person or whatever, or it's, it's just like they try to get the information as fast as yeah. possible. Uh, um, so it's pretty great.
2: Oh yeah. I was just going to um, piggyback um, with being in New Zealand. They were one of the, they had the least amount of cases, right? New Zealand yeah. and Iceland and those places.
3: Yeah, At the time so. that I was there, I mm-hmm. they had only had, I think, I think they were still under less than like 30 uh deaths Thanks. over the course of almost, you know, like six, seven months since the since it really became a big thing. Um, it helps that they're an island. It helps that the prime minister yep. was like very insistent on, you know, uh regulating travel and the way that you know things were run early on.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um and, uh, and so they really, they had their, their stuff together, you know, they really knew yeah. what they were doing. And it's, um, it's sad that like, we don't didn't necessarily have the leadership or the infrastructure, you know, like yeah. it's harder when you're a, a country like, uh, like the United yeah. States, obviously, and also there's a different mentality, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the with, this is, I, I, I mean, no shade to the United States of America, but I, I have never met like more self-important people mm. in my life. Oh, that are very like, arrogant. very yeah, arrogant. Very arrogant and yeah, unaware. Of, yeah, yeah we like didn't there's they want no to social masks. responsibility. Yeah, right. <laughs> Zero.
1: Zero. A bunch yeah. of rule
0: breakers over here. Hey, yeah, that's,
1: hey, that's why Childish Gambino said, "This is America, man." Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, like, hey, they want to do what they want to do. They don't want to wear masks. They nope. don't want to do social distancing. They, yeah. they think it's they think it's a hoax. Uh, yep. I didn't hear I didn't all the lines. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, yeah, this I'm, is um, serious.
2: Yeah, I I've know. seen so people.
1: Sad.
2: I think I, I told this when we had uh, Bo on. And you know, there was there was there's times even now I see people mad because they can't come in the store without a mask. And I'm mm. like, what do y'all what do you want? Like yeah, it's, for, on, it's for everybody's safety. Exactly.
1: Like, I, I don't get what the big deal is. Me I either. Mean,
2: I don't. And it's just uh they just don't think, don't care. Like I said, arrogant. Trav, mm-hmm. did you want? Did you want to say anything about? Um, I got no comments on. Uh, I like that, Trav. That. Let's roll. Yeah, let's <laughs> keep on Trav. rolling. Hey,
1: hop in the back, Let's, let's, keep, let's hey, roll. keep on rolling on the train. All right. <laughs> no. Hey, no, now, now, hold Grace. on, Rondell. <sighs> the reason why I'm bringing up the train <sighs> is because when Mason was on iCarly, they <laughs> played a character. Uh huh. Hey, look. Like I said, I prepared for this. And I went and I watched the episode. Talk about the train. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate that, but me and Trav know we gotta
2: watch you week to week. So <laughs> I'm gonna check you. I'm checking your card every time. So.
1: Hey, <laughs> hey, Mason was in control of the train. Oh and yeah. What was interesting about seeing you up there, Mason, is because we've had like we have some friends that are actors, and we see them on certain shows where it's like they might not have a lot of speaking parts or they might be a background character or something. But the character that you portrayed, you you had dialogue, you were in multiple scenes. Now, when you were on iCarly, like, because you had so many scenes, because I, like, I don't know how it works and in, in, on TV and whatnot, mm-hmm. but when they give a character like that, that much dialogue and that much screen time, like, is it a possibility that they will be brought back on the show? Or is it just yeah. like, it's
3: just a one-time deal. I mean, so originally the contract, the way that they had written that role in was it was it was like a one-time, you know, guest star kind of a spot. Um, they were in a very interesting place when I joined that show and that cast. And um, and I believe they they were planning on doing another season. So Dan Schneider um really liked i had improved at one point like during the process we ended up writing it into the into the episode and like doing a lot of fun stuff and he would just kind of pulled me aside afterwards and was like i want to put you on the show more like i'd love to bring you back um and then like i feel like it had to have been a month later maybe that they found out that they were canceled um mm-hmm. and that it was going to be their last season so i i never got a chance to actually go back and, and do any of the stuff that we had discussed but it was kind of cool to to be there in that in especially on a show that like i remember growing up like watching drake and josh and and Mm -hmm. and i carly and sort of like loving i just thinking was you know ridiculous and so stupid and and wanting to do you know something like that at some point in my life just for fun and so it was a it was a very cool like fun week and a half experience um and i was kind of sad that yeah i didn't get to i was really I just wish they would have written that part in like maybe a year ago or a year before, you know, I actually did it. And then (laughs) I've been able to stick around a little bit more. But they're doing a revival. I don't know if anybody saw that. Yeah. They're literally oh, yeah. redoing. Re- yeah. Re- yeah, so it's it's a possibility. there. Right. There is a might, possibility. There is
1: a complete possibility. come back.
3: You might still. You might still be leading the train. <laughs> I might still be the leader of the train club. We have no idea. I, honestly, in the iCarly universe, I'm probably dead. To be honest, like oh, I, really, I feel like <laughs> Don't say that. Oh, that yeah, don't practice. say that. <laughs> oh. But I mean, but that's
1: cool. That. You were able to be on iCarly because at the time when it was on Nickelodeon, uh, I want to say iCarly and Victorious were like the two big shows at the yeah. time. So for you to star on one of those shows, like it's it's an amazing feeling, and that's a notch yeah, that man. you have on your belt. That hey, I was on iCarly. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> just like I don't care what you say or what you've done. <laughs> I was on iCarly. That's right. Um, now. 100. I tried to see if I could find anything on uh, Bucket and Skinner's Epic Adventures because I saw that your name was Toby up there as well. Now, was it the same Mm -hmm. character?
3: No, that was the weirdest thing. It literally, I auditioned for iCarly one week for, for Toby Peterson and then... I, it had to have been I think two or three weeks later that I got the audition for um, for Bucket and Skinner's Epic Adventures and it wasn't even the same casting director like there were different casting directors that worked through Nickelodeon mm-hmm. um, and so when I got that part I was like why the hell does everybody want me to play Toby like what about me do I like may, I'm just specifically only ever going to play characters named Toby um, <laughs> so that that like completely came out of left field and was very like the timing of it was very very weird that it was mm-hmm. they, those episodes must have been being written at the same time by different writers who were like not talking to each other um and uh and that was that was a lot of fun that show was um I did a few episodes of that one and uh got to be a part of it for a little bit longer and it was it was a bit more of a I, I don't know if I would say it's a more ridiculous character because I was pretty ridiculous on iCarly too mm-hmm. but it was definitely <laughs> up there <laughs> yeah that's I mean that's it's just cool that you were able
1: to star on a Nickelodeon show I mean like when we've had voice actors up here before who grew up watching something, like we've had some, someone up here, um, Danny Kramer, he grew mm-hmm. up watching Pokemon and mm-hmm. watching Yu-Gi-Oh! And then now he's a voice actor on Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! So oh. it's, it's, it's always cool when, you know, if it's something that you really love or something that you enjoyed that, uh, you know, when you get into that field, depending on what it is, you get to, you know, play in it or voice it. So, I know that you're in Cowboy Bebop and um you know we're not going to reveal too much or anything cuz it is, it isn't out yet we're not going to get you in trouble and we don't want to get sued uh, so um we get Bebop, much. Oh <laughs> so what so exclusive
3: Bebop, is that there is uh, not much we can say
1: <laughs> oh yeah hey and, and to anybody that's listening or that's watching this like please don't be mad at us that you know that um, Mason wasn't able to reveal what happens here and what happens there. Like, it's not out yet. You have to wait for it. Just <laughs> like we have to wait. So just yeah, relax, yeah. chill out. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Mason, I wanted to ask you <laughs> with Cowboy Bebop, were you a fan of the anime before, uh, you know, getting casted in the show?
3: Yeah. I, um I remember watching it. Like when I was really young, I remember when it first started coming on adult swim and I feel like, I mean, I could be completely misremembering this in like some weird, you know, like Mm -hmm. nightmarish young way. But I feel like it would come on so late at night, like midnight or one. And every time that it would, I just like couldn't really understand what it was. I loved it. I loved the music. I was such a big fan of like the whole, you know, film noir space cowboy vibe, because like I grew up loving Star Wars and loving, you know, all kinds of, you know, um, genre driven sci-fi stuff. And it was just really cool to see a show that sort of blended all of those things and like made very obvious homages of, popular, you know, films and tropes and and like the alien episode is one specifically that I remember seeing it oh, yeah. like two in the morning or something, probably when I was twelve or like even eight years old or something and being like, oh my God, this is terrifying. And I'm oh. obsessed with it. Um, but yeah, I, I I revisited it obviously when I got the audition for for the show. And I was like, I feel like I remember seeing some of this and then re-watching it again as an adult is like, I mean I, a completely different experience it is the anime is probably like i think one of the most profound television shows in any medium oh yeah um yeah. I, it's so deep and so uh so beautifully like edited and shot and mm-hmm. i mean you know i'm talking about it like it's live action almost in a weird way but um but the way that it is is it feels like you're watching a film and uh um, yeah it's it's Unbelievable to me that something like that existed at that time, Um, and especially when you think of two, I mean, while some of the representation in the actual anime can be dicey, the fact that there was any in anime at that time and everybody didn't just all look kind of the same was really remarkable, Um, so... I was so psyched. So like, I poured through the entire thing. I bought it on Amazon. Um, I think like maybe the the night after I read the script, and I was nice. like, okay, I need to sit down and start watching this again. Um, and of course, you know, like the whole Jupiter Jazz saga, mm-hmm. like just yeah. completely destroys you every single time. And the, it's yeah, it's it was it's an amazing thing, and it still holds up. Yeah, I love yeah. that. It still
2: holds up. Yep. Yep. It's a classic cult yeah, classic. It's-
1: it's yeah. cool. Cause, uh, cause Trav, I wanted you to ask the next question, but all I wanted to say Mason is that, you know, it's it's funny that we have you up here because we're huge Cowboy Bebop fans. Mm-hmm. And our second episode all the way back in 2018 was Cowboy Bebop. And then for our two year mm-hmm. anniversary, we ended up having Bo Billingsley up here. And then, yeah. and now we have somebody that's going to be on the live action show. So everybody that's listening and watching, we love Cowboy Bebop. And, uh, <laughs> hey, it's, hey, we're going
3: to oh, keep the so train true. rolling. We're going to keep the train I, rolling. Look at this. Me too. I, I, I The fact that they sell this at, at Urban Outfitters to this day mm-hmm. is like a testament to how uh-huh. amazing culturally the show is. You yes. know, it is like so weird to me and so oh, amazing yeah. to me that like I can walk into a yeah. Hot Topic, an Urban Outfitters, yep. you know, just about anywhere. Yep. And there is to this day, even though there hasn't been a new episode of Cowboy Bebop uh-huh. in like well over a decade yeah, well, over two decades, you know that there's that mm-hmm. this stuff still holds up and exists in such a you know palatable way. It's really awesome, yeah, yeah and then another thing too, is that,
1: um because when we were younger, I know that you're younger than us, but you know, back in those days, like you really couldn't find anime apparel anywhere. so right. Right. to to now and walk in somewhere like how you just mentioned hot topic, like back in the day, Hot Topic was, you know, a store that only goth kids went to and, like, they really didn't have a lot of nerd stuff in there compared to now,
3: mm-hmm. well, where it's, like... so shifted. Oh, yeah, God.
1: yeah it's, it's, it's a complete 180 in there now. So it's, yeah. like, you can go a in there and find... a pop culture store now. Yeah, it's a pop it is, culture yeah. store. And then, yeah, like, well, you, can go, you can go on Walmart, you can go to Target. Like, there's so many stores that you can go into now where, depending on how popular the anime is, like, I know that Cowboy Bebop, it is a popular anime... But I already know like once the Netflix uh, anime, not anime, but live action comes out, we're going to see more Cowboy Bebop stuff everywhere.
3: Yeah, I hope so. I really I really do hope so. Um, It's because Sunrise uh, is, you know, one of the producers on our on our show as well. And so they, I mean, they own the licenses to all right, this merch. Yeah, yeah. Like anytime yeah. I look at a tag on the, on any of the shirts, it's like Sunrise Sunrising." Sunrise Inc. Um, So I'm excited to see what they do. <laughs> I have a good feeling that they're going to be like, all right, what can we get out there right now and start making money off of? Cause they mm-hmm. just got so much good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and hopefully there'll be some fun. Yeah. Live action specific bebop related material that comes out of it. Um, Cause yeah, that'd be, that would be very weird, but also very cool. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm looking forward to the day where I can buy stuff that like, it may or may not be gren adjacent or related, mm. but I'm also terrified of the thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, AD, uh, you were about to ask a question.
2: No, I was just going to um, object to what you were saying about Hot Topic. I think, well, being part of the skate community, I went in there a lot, you know, down mm. in MacArthur Mall and stuff. Thanks was- scared. Yeah, yeah, I was scared. Yeah, I, I wasn't allowed in. You there. Know. yeah, I believe that too. But uh, it was <laughs> to me, it was a hidden gem because it, is. it was a it was a place where I went and got a lot of my collectible shirts that you know people would always ask me at school and things like that. Hey, where'd you get that and stuff? And it was just um once again just being open to other things is what led me to finding these sweet shirts yeah. and merch. I mean, like wristbands shirts. and things. Like, yeah, sweet shirts. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Keep going. I, hey, I bro, love so that Hot Topic. Last
3: time I was in there, people were taking pictures with me, which was very, very weird and very cool. That's um, awesome. I mean, there. if I um, ever
1: catch you on a
2: Hot Topic, I'm getting a picture. So,
3: Hey, <laughs> me up hey, D. hey uh-huh.
1: D, remember, Mason already said that they're coming down here to the 757. I so we did, I did. Hey, hey, we, we can go,
3: go, go Yeah, we Hot That's right. Yeah, I went there... Like a month or two ago, because I, I was hoping to find some more bebop stuff just to get for family and friends that, you know, had been really nice about the whole thing. And mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and there was there's another series that I'm a part of called uh, Critical Role, which I don't know if any of mm-hmm. you are fans of their whole thing. And that's uh, um, that D&D right. um, oh, nice. kind of mm. fired. Okay. Uh, and, and so there they've got an animated series, which I'm a, one of the a voice actor on um, that's mm-hmm. coming out on, on Amazon at some point. I'll next. be checking that out. Millennium. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but, yes, <laughs> please check it out. but they, the, I was shocked to walk in and see that like they had so many shirts. I feel like 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 sweatshirts mm-hmm. and little, you know, Funko Pops, all the yep. things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really weird to be like a, not necessarily a genre actor now, but to be on a lot of stuff because I grew up, you know, loving and nerd culture and my dad and I collected comic books together my whole life. And nice. like I never, Thanks. as a queer person, you know, especially like as a non-binary person, I never necessarily thought that there would be a place for me in science fiction or in, you know, uh, nerd culture yeah. uh, necessarily as an actor, just because, you know, it's, it's so hyper-masculine or hyper-feminine. Yeah, exactly. And, like there's, you know, and, and the times that there are queer or trans or, you know, non-binary characters, they're very small and they're very, you know, uh, specifically tropey. So I had kind of written off the whole thing. I was like, oh, I'll never do a Star Wars or a Star Trek in my lifetime or, uh, you know, that that sort of thing. And now that those jobs are the ones that are happening and there's another, the one that I'm doing in London is is of a similar world um, that I unfortunately cannot talk about yet. But um, yeah. that's
4: is, Don't tell it's no really lies. weird. Like yeah. I'm never
3: going to, I feel like now for the next couple of years, I'm just I'm just reliving like all of my childhood obsessions yeah. of comic books and and, and anime. So, yeah. fine. well amazing yeah, that's, i, I that's just awesome. want to say
2: something um you know i've said this here on the pod before mm. a don't ever let anybody tell you what you can and can't be a part of because here on leveling up with benjamin banks we got your back first and foremost and um it's <laughs> cool that you got to go back a little bit and have a little bit of nostalgia and be a part of it i mean how big is that i mean
3: yeah it's amazing man count yeah. those blessings yeah it's very cool it's very very cool
1: So I wanted to piggyback off of what you had said, Mason, about, um, you know, growing up and reading
3: comics with your dad. What were some of your favorite comic books that you enjoyed reading when you were growing up? Uh, So he loved The Punisher. So I kind of got into that by proxy nice. um it's still to this day that's you know that's his favorite um i was a big fantastic for an x-men fan nice um, nice i yeah mar- very very marvel heavy in the in the uh, stuff that got me started in it um and then the sandman uh mm. as i got old, it's another netflix um, show that's coming yeah uh and then uh i'm trying to think what else I feel like those are kind of the big ones, at least the ones that that, that like come to mind in terms of things that I actually actively collected. Yeah, because um, we have I mean, we have so much of everything, but the stuff that I looked forward to mm-hmm. getting new issues of all the time was definitely um, those those ones.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now <laughs> they're those ones.
3: So now I'm about to hit you with
1: uh, a piggyback combo. Because you just mentioned, uh, you know, you collected the X-Men and we're huge X-Men fans up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And by you being non-binary, I love the X-Men because the X-Men is a comic book where, you know, there's somebody in that comic that represents everyone. It's like different races, different Mm -hmm. religions, uh, you know, different sexes. Like, and that's the one thing that I love about X-Men. So I wanted to ask you, who is your favorite X-Men character?
3: I, I... So I love villains. Um, I have Ooh. a really, really, really hard time not being like so drawn and attracted to villains. So growing up like Magneto, I don't know why. I was just so obsessed with Magneto. Um, it was the gray but, hair. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there was. <laughs> exactly. I'm slowly turning into Magneto.
2: <laughs> he, hey, There is that Quicksilver look.
3: Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, very, very quicksilver. I know. Maybe was, yeah. I'll call Marvel. Got the slick cotton. back. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, do it. Sorry. I'll be the hey. third quicksilver in like the last year.
1: Hey, yeah, there we go. I was about to ask that. See, now, now here is a piggy number three combo. <laughs> How did you feel? I don't know, hey, guys. Three. I think that this is the first time that it's, it's the been, first triple. Yeah, triple. <laughs> now, did you watch
3: WandaVision? Of course, yeah.
1: Okay, so what were your thoughts on that show? Seeing uh evan peters reprising the role of quicksilver and you know him being in the x-men fox movies like what were your yeah. thoughts on that series
3: that would that first of all i loved i loved the campiness of it like as an a- actor i was really excited by the way that the show was structured in the beginning like i'm it's very much so as i was watching it i was recognizing it's not a show for everyone i was oh, like yeah. There are going to be people that are going to watch the first episode or two of this and completely check out because they're not really understanding what's happening or, you know, it's it's so non-traditional to, you know, a Marvel format. Yes. um, But as an actor, you know, I loved it because I was like, how great for all of these people that they get to literally play in these very specific worlds and play this layered, you know, kind of these stereotypical um. Television tropes right. out and like Catherine uh, Hahn. I mean, come on! The oh fact my God, yeah, she she such amazing she, trash.
0: She's underrated, anyways.
3: Yeah, always, always has. It's like she's one of the best. She uh, can do it all. My favorites. She can literally do it all, and it was cool to see her prove that in something that is so like massive and and mainstream in a way. Um, just because you know she's always kind of been doing uh, things that maybe besides like some of the bigger blockbuster comedies that she's been yeah. in. Yeah. She's, like yep. most of her other work has has definitely flown somewhere under the radar comparatively um so i just thought that she was spectacular like again i mean also that's the baddie in me you know i'm like immediately drawn (laughs) to all the people that that do bad things on on tv um but yeah i loved it i had a great time i thought it was i thought it was a really fun quirky show
1: That's awesome.
3: Make sure that you go to Golden Ink Tattoo, located at
1: 3109 Airline Boulevard in Portsmouth, Virginia. Give them a call at 757-465-1010 to book an appointment with Denise, Kitty, Jay, or Kane. And I'm not talking about the Big Red Machine either. You can go there, you mentioned leveling up banks, and you get 10% off of your tattoo. So, if you're looking for a tattoo, get your tattoo at Golden Ink Tattoo. Yeah. Uh... Now, guys, I hate to do this, but I'm about to piggyback number four. This is the first <laughs> I number four piggybacks. Thanks. Right. Be careful. It's never I know, been done before. If I, if it's I like get the, the five, <laughs> if I get well, the five, the Thanos gonna come back to life. Now, he yeah, I mean, might. This, this is my last one. Then I'll then I'll pass the piggybacks. Okay. Um, but Mason, if you were a character on Wandavision, mm-hmm. what sitcom world would you love to be in? You can only choose one. It could be from any decade what would you be in? Mm. I
4: know Good this question. is a hard
1: one because there are a lot of sitcoms to choose from. You just usually ask hard questions. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but hey, Absolutely. that's what makes leveling up with Benjamin Banks fun because if, if the questions were easy, then it's just like, you know, of course they're going to have an answer to that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trav,
1: don't get them, Trav. Oh,
3: I have two answers. I'll just, I'll try to pick one. I was I oh, gonna... No,
1: go ahead, go All ahead.
3: Go right. ahead, you my, can do two. My gut is to say I love, I love the- um the modern family like time frame of Mm -hmm. television mainly because i was such a fan of the office growing up Mm -hmm. that like a mockumentary style tv show is like something i want to check off my list so that's kind of like me as the actor would want to do that for fun but also like i want to do i love lucy like you wouldn't believe you know that is just prime Prime comedy and so quirky and so specific and yeah, there's I mean sitcoms like that just don't exist anymore. And it was it would no, yeah, be really all. fun to to play in that. Yeah. Now I love Lucy in it. black and white, or I love Lucy
1: in color. Oh, black and white for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I I both of them, but it was something about the black and white ones that uh just give it that that traditional. Television vibe. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just something about the black and white. I, I guess that's the reason why uh, when um, the Snyder cut of Justice League that it came out in color at first, and then they re-released it in, in black and white. So that way, I guess you could get that. Because it's really not feel. much of a
0: difference. But okay. yeah, it's not that much that's of it. a difference.
1: It's just black and white. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. 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 But um. But hey yeah. Hey, those are all my piggybacks. All right, right, right.
0: I can't even Go remember down. where I was gonna. I got. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I got one. I tried one to butt in like part. four
0: times. Banks kept yeah. shutting the door. Oh, on Oh, you, you know how he does. Hey, it was that like, hey, combo
1: going? The combo, the combo was going, man. I'm sorry, yeah. man. This is Oh, like- <laughs> no, I remember
0: now. Hold on. I remember now. Because we got to go back to Cowboy Bebop real quick. All right. I okay. thought it was really cool that Sunrise was involved in the series mm-hmm. more than just signing over, like, permission. They gave him a permission slip versus, like, being involved in the story building and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because when when your boy was coming up, I was sitting at Suncoast, and ah, su- sun, uh,
4: Sunrise
0: was hot back mm-hmm. in the day. They don't really put out a lot of anime content anymore. Yeah. But back in the day, I mean, they had all the Gundams, you know, Cowboy Bebop. They had a lot of material. Like, Sunrise was one of my favorite studios
4: mm-hmm.
0: back then. Um, And yeah. Crap, I don't even remember where I was going with it, but <laughs> uh, shout out to sunrise!
4: <laughs> shout, shout
3: out to Sunrise. Um, yeah, it's super cool. I mean, you know, just, I guess I can elaborate a little bit on on how fun it is. it is. That was a big, I think, reason why so many of us who love the anime because i'm not i'm certainly not the first or the last person that's on the show and especially not that's involved in the show that isn't coming and approaching it from like complete adoration as a fan first you know down to our showrunner down to like most of the people that work um on on directing and every and every aspect of the production have had an experience with bebop before it came to them, um, whether it was, you know, uh, through the music or or through seeing it, you know, on television. And so to see that, you know, that Netflix, um, that it wasn't just a Netflix thing, that right. there were a lot of producers involved, people that really, really care about it, in addition to Netflix as well. Um, but sometimes it's hard, you know, when you're adapting material, people like to know that it's being handled um with care and i think Mm -hmm. just having sunrise attached to the project in any capacity um i would hope would be enough for for anyone to be like oh yeah i'll take a chance on that because i think it's uh it's it's really bold to make adaptations of beloved beloved material but it's also fun you know like if you're going to adapt something uh Why on earth would you ever want to do like a shot for shot remake of what was done before because it'll never be as good as what was happened right you know like, nothing that we could ever do on cowboy bebop if we tried to do a shot for shot um, of of that original anime could compare because that's what everyone fell in love with. That was how it originally came out. No one, you know, no one would would be able to experience it in, in such a way. So what's exciting about adaptations is that people get an opportunity to kind of experience a new version of the story and also a new version of the characters, but uh, still have that nostalgia still like my favorite part of it. And I, I, I mean, I, I feel like I can say this, but if I can't, they'll, they'll kill me. Netflix will literally find me and eat me alive. Um, There's like (laughs) Easter eggs, you know, and, and uh, as there are on any show, but uh, that kind of stuff is so important to, you know to fans of of any material the fact that like the people that are handling it not only know the material so well and love it so much but they are aware of the audience of people that are watching it right. they're aware that everyone's going to be looking for things and looking for homages right. or listening for motifs and things you know from the original so um all of that work was already kind of laid out before i even signed on to it which was a big part of why i was really really sold on the project as a whole you know it felt like it was completely being handled um yeah as as best as anything like this possibly could be plus when i think of animes that can be adapted it's like cowboy bebop obviously because it is already you know it's it's structured and created in a way that feels like it is based on live action which it is you know it's based on on western films it's based on so many specific right, things yeah. that like were were done by people in real life first um so i'm i'm always the the backlash that some some people have kind of like <laughs> had the reaction to like oh no 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 it's that's this is not the one to do it with i'm kind of like well if this isn't the one then there never will be a one yeah, right. you know yeah.
4: in my, in, in, you know
3: well, well, I, f- yeah. I felt yeah. that on, love with
0: cool. the casting though yeah
3: oh my god it's an the casting's
0: pretty job. much on point
3: yeah, mm-hmm. everyone looks, you know, so much like the people they act. Yep. It's it's so it's so fun to be a part of something that's so well well cast and also just like naturally diverse. You know, I think yep. that because um, one thing that you know people that, that's bothered me a lot too about about live action adaptations of of anime is is like the blatant whitewashing and all the kinds mm-hmm. of stuff Thank that you. have happened in the past. And it's really amazing to to look at the people that are in our Cast and be like, oh my God, I feel like so many identities and, and, and genders and sexualities and races and are, are being represented in the show where it's not necessarily about those things. You know, Cowboy right. Bebop takes place in a dystopian future. We get to exist as who we are without it being like the reason our character is in the show, without it being the reason that, you know, um, Gren or, or Jet Black or any of the characters exist in the show, not because of their identity um, and the, you know, the material. Is not about that stuff, which is so fabulous. Because um, because then you're just kind of treated the way that like uh, any other actor, any other like straight cis white actor probably is most of the time when he you know joins a show. Like he doesn't have to think about how his identity fits into the politics of the piece mm-hmm. um, at all. And uh, and it's it's fun to be in something that is just so uniquely naturally uh, what it is.
1: Yeah. Now I wanted to touch on you portraying Gren because by you being non-binary, and I know we talked about it earlier, um, the representation that's out there, because like how you said earlier, there were certain roles, whether if you were gay, lesbian, bi, non-binary, the roles, they were small, whereas like you're you're in a big role. Mm-hmm. And it's, it shows representation that somebody else non-binary is non-binary, just like, well, if Mason can do it, then that means that I can do it too. And that's why I feel like that there has to be a form of representation and all in and all um and all sorts of uh entertainment. I couldn't yeah. think of the word that I wanted to say, but yeah, media? I mean like yeah, yeah media. media yeah. yeah. Because because it's just like it shouldn't be just limited to, you know, one race or mm-hmm. uh, you know, one sex and stuff like that. Because it's just like we're all fans. And I think that it it opens the door when you have different people come in and they portray characters. Um. Have you had any backlash because you were casted as Gren in the Cowboy Bebop live action show?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to turn my phone off the day that mm. the announcement happened. I, um, I, was, I saw.
1: I've seen a lot of stuff on YouTube and stuff
0: about it.
3: Yeah, it was it was really intense. It was a very and very like a deeply personal experience. Mm. You know, I think like I had anticipated it. Um, production had kind of anticipated it. Or, you know, we. We know the audience. We know that sometimes fandoms can be incredibly toxic. I mean, that's yes. not a secret oh, at all. Yeah. They can be deeply racist, deeply misogynistic. Yes. Um, yeah, And not to generalize, you know, right, uh, yeah. fandoms at all, but it's just it is yeah. a recurring problem. We've seen it, you know, in, in situations like with Star Wars. Star Wars. So yeah. Is,
2: yeah. Wyatt Russell too. Oh,
3: exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're
2: doing that to him, right? I know. Now. I was reading yeah, about was, that today on you know. on Twitter. Um, and yes. so, voice it, actors too. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just not right i mean come on, it doesn't guys. make
3: any any sense to me because my question is um or i guess like the biggest thing for me is sort of who is media for and i think that there has been this massive miscalculation um and it's because of the way that the world is sort of structured to benefit a very specific kind of person right. um it's it was it's sort of built for you know the straight white man um and uh and it because of that there's like this inherent parents well if that character doesn't represent this straight white man or that character doesn't represent me then i can't i can't like this character anymore right, yeah. Yeah. this is offensive yeah. to me this is like you know this is personal and it's like well you've right. got like five other people in this show or like usually the lead of any other tv show of all time you know like historically it's it's so it's so strange the um the argument against representation generally comes from people that, um, have only historically been represented and aren't used to seeing other people besides themselves in media. So it's shocking to them and it feels like purposeful when in reality, it's like, no, this is just life. And people look different and act different and are different. You know, um, that doesn't mean you can't connect to them. It doesn't mean you can't believe. Well, the, the
2: funny thing about, uh, media real quick, um, is that it's developing and it's changing and it always will and always has. And what I mean is like, you know, whether you're non-binary or, you know, you're uh, gay or black or, you know, and it's, you have to keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the problem with so many people in the world right now is that they don't, they, they refuse to just like yeah. wearing a mask. It's wearing like, a
1: mask. I was about to say yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's
2: yeah. just like, it's entitlement you know and yeah. you, you have to keep an open mind
3: you know yeah there is it the entitlement is definitely um that was shocking i think that that's the um, problem it was a big it was a big issue um and it was hard because you know it's a thing i wanted to celebrate a thing i wanted to share with too, with all the people like me who had never seen themselves you know represented in media right. and mm-hmm. to take a character that you know already was dealing with a very specific set of complex themes you know in the anime that and then try to play this like um, this idea that, oh, well, that character couldn't be played by a non-binary person or a right. trans person because of the way that I envision who that person yep. is. It's like, well, it works both ways, you know, mm-hmm. and also, secondly, this is an adaptation. So they no one knows what we're doing with any of the characters on the show. No one knows what Gren's backstory or Gren, yeah, exactly. you know, entire life is going to look like on the series but everyone's just basing it on the idea that like exactly. if we create a shot for shot remake well then because x y and z happens to Gren in the anime putting you know a non-binary person in this role is like stupid and uh, <laughs> and so that was kind of weird to me to sort of watch a lot of people argue over over something that it felt like the people arguing you know didn't necessarily know a lot about it and deep down you know gren's like main character or one of the main traits of that character deals a lot with you know body dysmorphia and yeah. and, and transgender issues in a way that whether or not that's what was intended at the time like oh. the episode is based on the crying game like the episode yeah. is based on one of the most famous trans stories uh oscar award-winning films of all time so it's sort of a strange thing to like argue that a non-binary or transgender person shouldn't be in the part that was like structured to play on those exact themes and 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 topics even if it just so happens that you know gren uses like he him pronouns the entire mm-hmm. time um because yeah. it was a specific time where we weren't really playing with pronouns and, and doing doing That's more interesting cool. things um, yet. So, you know, times have changed and the show is exactly. set in a little further in the future and and we know more as a society and it's like, so why not um, allow someone who actually in real life has experience with, you know, with living in a deeply gendered world and feeling sort of in between exactly like Gren? Um, why not let someone who actually knows what that is like play the character instead of like, you know uh a, a random cis exactly. actor that um that would have to imagine what that yeah, experience
1: might exactly mm-hmm. see now i'm about to bring i'm about to bring the piggy back again let's do it um, because
4: do it. because
1: i because i wanted to ask you this but i, I wasn't sure if uh mm-hmm. if it would be comfortable to ask but now that you had just said what you said um i the think the floodgates are open is what you yeah saying. yeah the floodgates are open it's because it's, i was talking with d about this earlier because um um, do you know who Tyler James Williams is?
3: I feel like I recognize that name. He played He
1: played mind. Chris in Everybody Hates Chris.
3: Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Okay. okay,
1: so he was in a movie called Dear White People. and okay. mm-hmm. And in the role that he played, his character was gay. And Tyler James Williams, he's not gay. But he said that the reason why he took the role was because he felt comfortable doing it because in the in one of the scenes in the movie, I believe that uh, he, I think, I, I know he makes out with another guy, but yeah. I can't remember if he sleeps with the guy or not. But the question that I wanted to ask was because you just brought up how sometimes in certain roles they put uh, you know a straight male in that role and like they have to imagine. Um, do you think that you know it's it's messed up that they choose? you know, straight males to put into those roles instead of going for somebody that is gay or somebody that okay. is a lesbian, because it takes away from somebody that actually knows and, and feels and, you know, has a thought press process. Do you yeah. think that it, that it's messed up when those roles get taken away? Uh, and I have Mason, like a before, before part answer.
0: <laughs> I, before, can I add to that question?
3: You want to yeah, piggyback but, yeah, yeah. off of my piggyback? I, I do because do oh not
0: not yeah. only that movie. I want then I want to dive into also Brokeback Mountain with Jake Gyllenhaal and um
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, Joker um, what's Heath? his name Heath with Heath Ledger, Ledger. Ledger. Heath Ledger two,
0: two yeah. straight males playing two gay characters um yeah I want to mm-hmm. add on to that though by add throwing that movie in there too.
3: Yeah, I mean, historically, there are a lot and a lot and a lot of examples. There are more examples of um, straight men playing uh, gay and and trans characters than there probably are uh, queer people playing actual queer characters. So my answer is deeply complicated. As someone who is an actor and in in these positions, um, I think there are a lot of things to consider. I think it's inappropriate, deeply inappropriate. Um, It takes away from representation. It takes away from, you know, the opportunity to, when you think of the actors that are available, uh, most queer actors do not really get asked to do anything other than queer roles. The -hmm. the imagination only exists This for straight people. Like, oh, I would love to see Heath Ledger play a gay man because I know that Heath Ledger's not gay. And then I can cast him as a straight guy in this thing and cast him as the Joker in this thing. Like there is no hesitation because he's an actor. He's he can do whatever he wants. But there is this double standard when you look at queer characters or I mean queer actors, where it's really, really nearly impossible for a a queer person to play a straight, you know, um, cis person on TV. Maybe one of the few examples that i I know can't of think of any. is yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick. Oh Harris yes, yes, Neil Patrick
0: Harris. How I you met know, your he, mother? Yeah. Yes, yeah.
3: and uh, and that's like probably one of the few times um that at least to that level. And so, yeah. It's upsetting to me because it's taking opportunity and and money away from, you know, queer artists that otherwise would not have nearly as many uh, opportunities. Yeah. You know, you think of like how many auditions does uh, a straight man get versus how many auditions does a gay man get? And then you if you just yep. put those side to side and then say, oh, and then the gay guy is going to take all I mean, the straight guy is going to take all those gay guy roles, too. <laughs> like you're yep. leaving an entire, you know, um, section of the industry out of the equation. And then we can never, uh, you know, queer people will never have the opportunity to tell their own stories. And Mm -hmm. usually, you know, you can tell when it's not authentic and when it's not someone speaking from experience Mm -hmm. and just from research. And I think um so that's that's more in like the sexuality spectrum. When it comes to gender, I think it's way, 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 way worse. Um because and I would suggest to anyone who's listening to this too and and y'all especially if you're if you are interested in in this topic um disclosure on netflix is a great a great documentary by laverne cox that is um that kind of chronicles and details the way that trans people have been portrayed in the media and how that has resulted in the direct effect of uh violence against trans women in 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 real life um you know i remember like growing up watching movies like ace ventura and loving them and like the entire last 20 minutes of that movie for the most part is a is literally uh, about transphobia like it's all yeah. of them throwing up at this idea that mm-hmm. the the police chief uh transitioned yeah um it's so uncomfortable. She's the, like, it's this horrible, horrible, you know, experience as a as a trans person, to go back and like watch something like that. Um, and this idea of putting Eddie Redmayne in a dress, you know, and, and having him play a trans woman in The Danish Girl and letting him win an Oscar for it, or Jared Leto for, you know, Dallas Buyers Club. Like, mm-hmm. sure, they're great performances, but at the end of the day, if the only representation of trans people on TV and in film is by very famous, uh, straight cisgender men. And it completely bleeds into the rhetoric that trans people uh, are just playing dress up, that it's just a costume, that it's not, that it is really that trans women are actually just men that are dressing up a certain way, when that's not the case. And now there is, you know, like today, um, Arkansas passed, you know, the first anti-trans bill in a while. Yes. Um that is now going to make it impossible for a lot of kids um, to receive life affirming uh, care. And, uh, and there's like over 30 anti-trans, or or over 140 like LGBTQ bills that are, that are out there right now um, in 30 different States. Now uh, is this the bill that allows
0: a health worker to deny helping somebody who is either gay or trans or,
3: um, the one in Christ. Arkansas, I'm not sure if yeah, that okay. portion a of, it, of, it, of, it, of it passed, but that's uh, Alabama has one. Alabama, oh, it's, it, it's Alabama. Good. I know Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's what it It would was. be a federal Jeez. offense. It Ain't would be a that wild? Federal that that's to a federal They
2: can deny Yeah,
3: any
0: yeah they can healthcare. deny you. Like if you, Yeah, pretty much if you get shot and they come in and they're yeah. like, this person's gay, they're like, well, we're not going to help yeah, them. Yeah, we can't help And there's nothing they can do about it.
4: Yeah. Yes. yeah, he's my yeah. French. They
3: could go to jail,
1: and,
2: and yeah. you know,
1: uh, that's how some that's, people are. I had no it's idea about that. That's crazy, yeah.
2: crazy stuff. That is absolutely yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it just it just goes to show the world that we live in, right. where you know it, it doesn't matter what race you are or you know what your sex is. It's just like if people if people feel like that they don't want to help you because of who you are, then they're not going to help you, and it's messed up because it's it's twenty twenty one you know what i'm yeah, saying but it's the just like some, is some people some people I just wanna, still ha- oh, yeah go ahead, go ahead
2: go ahead no i'm sorry i just want to piggyback off what you're saying that's just that stuff bleeds into um you know any kind of like hate crimes and stuff as far yeah. as i'm concerned man mm-hmm. that's that's borderline that's that goes hand in hand with racism and stuff why yeah. don't they just say that too oh, yeah, yeah you know what I'm exactly. hey, these are the is same that what is going to come I these mean, are the same people
0: that say that uh you can have your political views and I'll have mine and we should still be able to be friends. Right? No, so
1: you can't. Yeah,
0: can. it's, like, it's those same I kind of people, people like passing this. this stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, Man. it's
3: really painful and it's, it's very, it's very sad. Very continue. yeah. Um, but that's part of the reason why responsible storytelling and mm-hmm. like accurate representation is so important because yep. now, you know, we have visibility, we have shows like Pose, we have shows that, sh- you know, actually have decent trans representation and, Um, but with visibility also comes the backlash, you know, it also comes the JK Rowling's of the world. It also comes, you know, the, uh, uh, I mean, the amount of people, the amount of trans women that have been murdered, uh, in the last year alone is it's at an all time high. And so when it feels like you're, you know, things are going well. And when it feels like, you know, uh, oh, maybe we're, we're getting somewhere, um, the amount of eyes that are on you, and it's exactly like the Cowboy Bebop situation. It's like just when you think something amazing, you know, is is finally culturally happening, and watching all the queer people like talking about how awesome it is that Gren's going to finally be played by you know someone who's uh, non-binary or gender queer, and um, then the the complete opposite happens. That backlash right. comes because people get scared of what they don't know, and uh, and yeah, it's just you have to be exposed to this. A this little is more. what
0: this is what blows my mind. You're telling me as a fan of Cowboy Bebop, you saw how Grin was drawn and thought that that was a straight
1: white male?
4: Right. Yeah. Come yeah, on. It's, ridiculous. it's, it's like, yeah, come it's, on. yeah, it's like,
1: come on. I mean, but I mean, that's just how, that's how some fans are. I mean, like we talked about before when, uh, with with voice actors, right? Like when they get a, when they're voicing a character, you have some fans who are just like, that character shouldn't sound like that in my head this is how that in character should sound it's just in like no head. it it, exactly. does, it doesn't work like that like this right. like we've had voice actors come up here before and like we've loved their work and it's like they'll they'll tell us that because uh because they're they were a person of color or something like that that mm-hmm. uh they got backlash because mm-hmm. This this fan thought that this person shouldn't be voicing this character because yeah. you know this person doesn't sound like that. At yeah. the end of the day, man, all it is is it's a it's a cartoon. It's an anime. It's entertainment. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you shouldn't be mad because a person doesn't sound like how you imagined that that person is gonna sound. You right. shouldn't be mad because that person that is portraying a character in a live action show doesn't live up to your your fantasies on what that person should look or sound like it's it's like d said earlier there is a lot of entitlement out here with a lot of people and social media is a double-edged sword because where there is positivity that comes with it you also have to get the negativity as well and a lot of people have that soapbox that they can stand on and by them saying their idiotic statement you have other people that agree with that idiotic statement and they want to follow that statement, even though they're all wrong. They're all wrong. You know look, what I'm saying? So look, it's just, I it's had somebody just, um, I just had like so- I said. Go ahead, bro.
0: I had somebody straight up tell me that um there was a post that was just like, This is for all my white cis males or whatever. And we were talking about and they were like, Aren't you offended? And I was like, What they why would I be offended? They're not specifically talking about me because I don't feel that way that they're talking about they're not talking about me. You know yeah. those right. posts that's like if 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 you reading this and feel some type of way, yeah, I'm talking about you. Right. Bro, I didn't feel no type of way because yeah. I don't got no problem with it. So they talk about me, Playboy. Yeah, I know yeah. that much. <laughs>
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just uh, like I was saying, oh, it's just Like I said, things are going to continue to move Mm -hmm. forward, Mm -hmm. especially in media and entertainment. And there's just going to be those narrow minded people that get left behind and feel they're in their feelings all the time because they refuse to, you know, take each adaptation as it is. There's always negative and positives, but you, you have to be willing to sit down and watch something for its entirety and then give a fair, a fair judgment. Yeah you know and at you know, the end of the just, day
3: too like you know if if the, the anime is something that you don't want to ruin your experience with you know it's it's uh i first of all i don't see how watching an adaptation of anything would affect the original to begin with but exactly. like, but if you are wor- worried about that happening you're worried about like watching you know uh this someone adapt to this material you love and then it destroying your ability to love the material anymore then like i just don't watch it you know mm-hmm. like exactly you, you have all the power to to you as a consumer can watch other things and or rewatch the anime as many times as you want, which I highly recommend because I've already done it like twice this yeah, year, yeah. you know, it's like it's it, we're all just approaching this stuff from love and and I'm the, the ownership uh, that that I think people and fans of things feel is. I get it. And I get it in, in in my own way. You know, I feel like I have very strong feelings about things that I'm uh, a big fan of, but not to the degree that I would ever challenge um, those that are like actually paid to create that content. Like I would never think that I knew more than the creator of, you know, the original, you know, exactly. I would never, <laughs> exactly. <think>. and, and <laughs> so it's weird to me to see people that like really take it a step forward yeah. uh, and take it a step further than that. And are like, well, no, because I thought this, when I watched it, that is the end of this conversation. And there is no nuance there because this is how I feel about it. And you're like, well, you can feel that way, but that doesn't mean that you're right. Mm-hmm. It just means that that was your interpretation of a thing. Art exactly. is interpretive. My Interpretation is going to be different than everybody else's, yep. and that's what's fun about yep. mm-hmm. art and media and exactly. storytelling.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So you know, let me just one go
0: there. Yep. D D got some more go stuff ahead, he man. needs to get off his chest. Get off his chest. Do you want? Hey, do, you do you want rock
2: chest, paper scissors? Dude. It's kind of <laughs> no, yeah. D, go.
1: All right. Rock. On you. Go. All right. Rock paper scissors. All <laughs> right. What? Y'all, are, there's a delay here going on. I can hey, already tell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, all right. hey, look, no. All I was gonna say is, is that um, you know, I just love uh, where we are now as a society for the most part, with people that uh, that do actually think and have logic. Where it's just mm-hmm. like you know, we can have representation in, in all forms of media because I I know back in the day, um, let's like David. Are you Yost, trying-
0: are you trying to say nobody's trying to poison my kids? Is that what you're trying to say? No, 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 no,
1: I, no. I was gonna bring. I was gonna bring up like how a lot of actors and actresses who were, you know, part of that who were queer, um, they would hide it because mm-hmm. it's like they they hid it in fear that they were mm-hmm. gonna lose their job or they want they were gonna be ridiculed. And I wanted to bring up David Yost, who played Billy on Power Rangers. Right. Yeah. He was the he was the blue ranger and. You know, mm-hmm. he he's come out and said that it's like, you know, when it when it came out that he was gay, like he got treated horribly on the set of mm-hmm. Power Rangers. They even took they even took uh, him being the Blue Ranger away from him until it got to the point where it's like, you know, he he stood his ground for as long as he could. And then he eventually left the series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I want to say, I think it was Jim Parsons on Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. because it's for, for a while. You know, as I, I, I thought he was straight. Then he came out and revealed that, that he was gay. And it was cool that, you know, people were accepting of him. You talking about Sheldon? Por- yeah, Sheldon.
0: You thought he was straight? Yeah, I thought he was straight. <laughs> That's what I told you, D. He's got no radar, bro. <laughs> I, I, come on. It, it was no secret. <laughs> I, I was didn't thought le- it
2: was a hey, secret.
1: I was going to let him live his life, Trey. Oh, well, 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 well excuse me for that. Jim Parsons I is amazing, though. I was wrong on what I was say about Jim Parsons, but yeah. I was right. Or oh, what I was saying about David Yost, though, like he. Right. Yeah. He, he got yeah. he got ridiculed by people yeah. he worked with. And th- the point I'm just trying to make is that it, I love the fact that there's so much representation in mm-hmm. all forms of media now where now yeah. it's like you don't you don't have to hide who you are in order to get a role or to, you know, get get somewhere in life. You know what I'm saying? You could just be yourself and you can get there. And that, that's yeah. all I wanted to say. But no, yeah, I- You can go ahead.
2: No, no. I was just gonna piggyback off what you're saying. Hey, about, hey that's a lot uh, of piggybacking. You know, the original, plans. the original Blue Ranger. You know, we talked about this. Um, I think it was earlier today or yesterday. It was, and it was just today. like I told you. And it, it's it's wrong for them to do that to him or anybody in that case, in that situation, because he was one of the the characters that made me feel like it was okay to be, you know, the smart guy in the room. Yeah, you know, the nerd because guy. he had those moments. That was one of the the first instances where I saw a character like that and Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty messed up that that happened you know but it is nice to see it it progressing at some rate
3: you know yeah it's slowly but surely um it's getting a lot better you know I I mean even just like a few years ago um there were uh, so few roles for like non-binary people uh to Mm -hmm. begin with like I was not going in for a lot of television auditions just because the roles didn't really exist. Um, And so that culture has completely shifted. The fact that like every job that I have now and then the the ones that are lined up after are all, you know, non-binary characters that have either existed in media before in adaptations like this um, uh, or are being, you know, written for for new things, and new series. And it's just really... It's amazing to get to um, to participate in the thing that I've always wanted to do. You know, to get yeah. to be an actor and also be true to my identity within that. And then there will come times where I would love to, you know, like like any other person, play parts that are not so close to home or whatever. Which I still do. I feel like every non-binary character I play is so vastly different. But you know, it would be fun to play other things um eventually uh but it is amazing that yeah we live in a world in which i can do what i do and actually get yep. paid for it where you know 10 years ago that would not be um the reality it wasn't the reality so uh we are progressing very very slowly but um good representation is out there and it's getting better and uh and sometimes you know it takes the clunky awkward phase of like of what I think a lot of people are complaining about now. Like I, I see this term woke washing a lot that really bothers me sometimes when when people are like so I've not never heard excited that one.
0: That's a new one. It's, yeah, I've
3: it's never a heard new that one. before it's, either. It was thrown around a lot when I was reading like when I like right before I stopped reading stuff. Mm-hmm. that was about bebop coming out and then kind of being mad that it was such a like multicultural um the, the cast of actors and also that you know they had a, a a queer non-binary person playing gren it was just sort of this idea that like oh they're netflix is pandering to you know right, yeah, to the yeah. woke crowd they're trying to woke wash this thing and uh and that's like such such a strange bizarre stance to take i think on progress and on uh, inclusion and representation that just feels very archaic um because me being on a tv show does not take anything away from anybody what it does do is it gives people like me who have never seen themselves represented before life-saving and life-affirming you know Mm -hmm. um material it gives okay. them the opportunity to see that they exist and they exist exactly. in media that they exist in life and that they could also do what i do too as an, right. as an actor if they wanted, yep. as a writer it it is it has a direct correlation and response to the way that people see their own value and their own self-worth um and if you don't see yourself in media and exactly. people are telling you that like you don't really exist like you're gonna believe it and then you're gonna you know kind of crumble and, and fall apart. And it's the sad reality that so many people uh, probably could have lived more authentically if they had better representation and yep. had uh, people to look up to that sort
4: Absolutely. of way for
1: it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and, Banks, and before I, you
1: ask that.
3: Oh, no, I wasn't going to ask something. I was oh. just going to
1: make a statement.
0: No, I, I want to know because I don't remember this term and I don't want to say their name here, um, but I hope- somebody got upset with you. And said that you were doing something, and it was white something and white something. What were those terms?
3: Ooh, I don't I don't know, white, white, white
0: boldness. No, 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 white boldness. Thank <laughs> white you. White boldness. D. What was the other one? White and we were all like, white what is? White boldness and white. Oh, are you talking about me? me? Yeah, I'm talking to. did oh, I say. I you talking to
1: Mason. Oh, yeah, it was, it no. was, uh, it was white boldness yes. and white and white uh, foolishness? foolishness.
0: White yes. foolishness. Wait, like, what is? Are y'all? Y'all just making up stuff, like to just make Have up. Have you ever never heard those like
3: terms, Mason? No, I've never heard this before. I mean,
1: it was it was a situation, and uh, yeah, uh, it's resolved it, now. Don't worry. Yeah, it's resolved, <laughs> yeah, it's resolved <laughs> now. Yeah, it was. the fingers. It and ain't it's, resol- it's, it's, it's resolved. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but no, but it, it it was something when I was told. It's a ridiculous this,
0: thing. It was ridiculous. when, it, yeah, when ridiculous. I was when
1: I was told this. Like I had to ask a bunch of my white friends. Like, have have y'all ever heard of these these terms, <laughs> these terms. white boldness, white foolishness, and like it, like try tra- 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 like, I've never heard of that like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is and like when and look, I even looked it up on Google. it did not come up at all, and yeah. then and then one of my friends was just like, yeah, white foolishness is like jackass and i like th- what they do on jackass was it's like, oh, okay, but like, i mean is, is that is that wrong to make fun of like what they do on jackass like-
0: <laughs> again, that goes into the stereotype for white men. You know what I mean? Like it's all funny games. Like, you know, we we they do they play a lot of that, those tropes in stand up. You know yeah. what I mean? Where's like. They talk about you ain't gonna see no black dude on Jackass doing any of that stuff, but you'll see mean, plenty of true. white guy.
1: That's true, <laughs> but but hold on. But I will say that <laughs> when uh I, mean, I can't remember uh, when Compton was on Viva La Bam. Yeah, yeah. And I was I like I was just Compton like, crazy like, though. Yeah, oh but, yeah, he is that, crazy. But, but that's the <laughs> one funny. One of my thing favorite skateboarders. I forgot, hey, I forgot all about one when of my favorite skateboarders when I was a when kid I saw up. him on Viva La Bam. I was just like, dang man, like it's it's a it's a black guy that is doing all the crazy things that they usually do on jackass and like that's cool so i I thought that that was cool like that made me want to watch the show because he was doing those crazy things but i just Mm. i don't know man i just feel like there are some people here in the world where uh they just get caught up in their feelings on certain things they just
0: want to complain
1: that too that too but um but no i wanted to bring up uh elliot page because when mm. they had made the transition to you know that they were identifying as a man now, it's like I supported that fully. And it's just crazy because Trav, he's friends with me on Facebook and like he sees like some of the people who come on my comments because I am a professional wrestler. So I have like fans like foolishness. So in them comments. <laughs> yeah, like I <laughs> I have I have I have fans that will come on my page and that like Trav said, like they'll say some white foolishness. And it's 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 crazy that. You know, that there are some people still in this world that when somebody is and wants when they to be wanna, happy, when they want to be happy and they want to they want to be who they they really are, who they truly are, you have people that just sit here and bring them down. And like, I'm already somebody that that stands up to people who bully. So if you're gonna come at somebody because it's just like they want to be happy and this is who they truly are, the F you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's like, who are you to say that. You know, that, oh, well, this person was born a woman. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't get to make that choice. Yeah. You don't get to make, you don't get to make that decision. It's like, let people be who they want to be and respect what they want to do. Like, that's, that's all that matters when it comes to, you know, representation and anything. And it's like, here, leveling up with Benjamin Banks, man. We Thanks for coming him. to our <laughs> TED talk yeah yes, for real yeah, yeah. hey hey, yeah. Mason, he hey mason this is how we get down up here it's just like yeah we a nerd podcast but sometimes we talk about some real life stuff because people need to hear the real life stuff yeah. and yeah, i yeah, appreciate yeah. you coming up here and joining us oh yeah. anytime yeah this is- hell yeah, God, yeah but Pratt, we- did you have one other thing that i you do want
0: to bring up one more thing before we get in here something that everybody knows i'm really big in the musicals and broadway stuff and stuff like that. I'm kind of a nerd for it, mm-hmm. but this Hedwig and the angry inch,
3: yeah. um,
0: aside from the videos on your page, I don't know what this is or, but it looks great. <laughs> I mean, you look, you look fantastic in it. Thank
3: you. Thank um,
0: you. I want to see it.
3: Hedwig so you- is yeah, probably yeah. one of the coolest musicals. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I think the, uh, the script Two Headway is one of the best scripts of a musical of all time. Um, and the music is amazing. Uh, yeah. Rolling Stone said it was like the best rock musical ever. It's like one of nice. the only musicals that like actually genuinely has a rock and roll score. That sounds like it could mm-hmm. be, you know, David Bowie songs or Iggy pop or, you know, and, and it, it comes from mm, a very, I like, uh, I like all that. Oh yeah. Uh, Lou Reed. Like, Damn right. That, hey, that, mm, that's that Bowie. So it's, it's phenomenal. And so I, um, when i was in high school i like discovered it on youtube like i found uh cuz there's a movie version that uh that is mm. so phenomenal and i bought the movie and i watched it and just fell in love with the story it's basically the story of like a, of a of a non-binary rock star that um is sort of chasing after an ex lover that took all of their music Mm. that they wrote together and became a massive star. Mm. Uh, And so it's, it's like, it it is sort of like a e-Hollywood, almost like true confessional. Um, And the (laughs) the show takes place where Hedwig is like stalking Mm. uh, her ex, her ex-boyfriend and, and performing the songs that, that they had written. Mm. Um, And it's really, really funny and really, really deep. And it's super universal. Neil Patrick Harris uh, did it on Broadway. I saw that. And then nice. I did it on tour for a long time. Um, so Neil and I have had many, many uh, little run ins about it and stuff. He and looked uh, amazing in it too. He was so fan. I got to see him in it in, the, in like the very beginning of his run, and he was really, really spectacular. But the show is just, it is pr- one of the most remarkable pieces of theater. And it is, it touches on a lot of the things that we were, you know, talking about tonight about like identity and about um, really about like the universality of storytelling, like the whole, the whole, Show is about the search for acceptance, the search for love, and like the search for your other half. It's based on Plato's Symposium, which was like the idea mm. that there were three three genders in the world. Yeah. There were two men yeah. glued back to back, two women, and the, a man and a woman. Yeah, and that the gods were so scared of every uh, of the power that humanity held that they cut everybody in half and forced them to travel the world. You know, looking for each other, um and that like describes soulmates. It describes you know love or whatever. And everybody wants love, like everybody deep down, no matter who you are, no matter like what you are, um, yeah. needs love and needs love of self and self-acceptance and understanding. Um, and so that show just like it, it taught me a lot. And I think it's a beautiful piece uh, that anybody can watch. You know, we had people that like in never in a million years would I think would be so moved and affected by Hedwig's story. Mm-hmm. Um that just like you get a couple minutes in and you kind of understand the humanity of the person in front of you and uh, and you are allowed to feel like you are them everybody is Hedwig in their own weird way even if you're like an 80 year old you know mm. white woman from Arkansas like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were there were times on tour where like those were some of the best shows We're doing mm. it in you know in random states that you wouldn't necessarily expect people to have like intense reactions to a trans narrative and they were just like this is this is me like this is the most beautiful thing and you're and and that was that was really really remarkable.
1: That's nice. That's nice, man. You know, I wanted
3: to, you know, I
1: just, I just didn't know. I mean, like, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to follow up with uh, this and then we can wrap it up because this was something that I thought was special. And I don't know if you remember this, Mason, but there is a video on YouTube from uh, 2012 when you were in, I want to say middle school or high school. And, um, you know, pretty much your mother, she was up there and she was just talking about you. Uh, when you were a kid, and how you've always been a helpful person. And it's like, it it was awesome seeing this, because it's like, she had tears in her eyes when she was talking about you, how you've always been the type of person that wants to help people, and, you know, do charities and whatnot. And to me, like, that is the definition of a true hero, because heroes, they always help people, even when they don't ask for help. And that's something that you did. And I just wanted to know, Are there there any, you know, charities that you want to shout out up here on the pod or anybody that you're working with right now and who you are helping right now?
3: Wow. Um, Thank you for for saying that. That really does. That does mean a lot. Um, You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I. Yeah, I used to do a lot of charity work when I was when I was younger. That was kind of like my calling. It felt like that was the thing that I was going to do for a really, really long time. Um, I worked with like the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and like just raised, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for them over the course of like from age. I think I started when I was seven to about like 16 Um and it, it it just became so ingrained in in what I wanted to do as a person, and I think that that's sort of now bled into art, and sort of bled into you know like the reason why. You know, to me being authentic to myself and representing um, who I am is like is so important to me now because I get to advocate for other people on set I get to advocate for you know more diverse writers rooms and things like with each job that I take I now try to bring other people into it that may be may not have had that experience before, or would not have had that door open for them you know like when, when I did bebop. um, we we had early conversations in the beginning about like stand-ins in in the context of television they don't necessarily have to look exactly like you they just have to be similar like tones and similar size yeah. um sometimes they're not even your, the appropriate gender sometimes in really extreme cases they're not the same race as you it's 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 a very um it depends on the kind of set and our our production our showrunners are just so uh, so honest and receptive to everything that like one of the first things they wanted to do was try and find a non-binary person to be my stand-in someone that not only looked like me but also was you know um was queer so that the opportunity to put money into Mm -hmm. uh, the pockets of someone who more than likely would not have that opportunity on TV. Um, And so we found someone who I loved dearly um, that looked a lot like me and and identified as I do. And it was, you know, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of like causes that I'm actually cognizant of right now, uh, glad and, and a lot of the places that were, that were, Doing a lot of work during the pandemic for queer youth, like the Trevor Project, um, especially because mental health is, you know, obviously taking a massive toll during this time.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I think are really important to to not forget about um, and to and to try to throw some extra dollars if you can, because you know, um, the, the Trevor Project really does do a lot of remarkable work and uh, a lot of life saving work for people who are in 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 crisis, especially in times like this where it can get quite dark for everybody, but especially for, you know, trans, non-binary, and queer people. Um, so that would be the one that I would shout out right now. <laughs> ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, prom-
4: sh-
0: I, yeah. I can promise you when this episode comes out, we'll put the link.
1: Exactly. Put the donate exactly. button. Thank yeah, yeah, you very
3: much. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and, and also yeah, in, right. our, in our outro, I'm going to make sure that I mention it as well. So that way, if... People would love to donate, then they know where to go.
3: Much appreciated. Thank oh, yeah, you. for
1: sure, Mason. Thank you for joining us up here yes. on leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. You've been a joy, and we appreciate you joining us today. And uh, before we let you go, let everybody in social media land know where they can fi- where they can find Mason one Alexander Park at. Oh, more one more question. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. One question. One question.
2: One yes. question. <laughs> yes. One question. Mason, off the wall question. Uh-huh. Favorite horror movie. Oh, do no. You have one? This,
1: um, is, this is harder than all the questions I've asked. D.
3: What this movie came to mind when I, I asked? Dragon Ball Evolution. I, I love I love
4: Yeah.
3: You know, what comes to mind only because of what we're talking about right now was Alien. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because I mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier. Right? Nice. I pitch. love sci fi horror. Yeah. And I thought, hey, that that great pick. Another yeah, cult great terrifying. Yeah. Great I just pick.
0: I just had a whole conversation with Paul today on Ridley Scott, too.
1: Yeah! Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, yeah. Mason, if you would have either said Alien or uh, The Thing, you got two oh, pinkies yeah. up. The no Thing's amazing.
2: <laughs> That's original. another one. Those are the both, original, those... not the remake. Oh yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't talk about that prequel. We, don't, we, don't, we talk don't talk about, <laughs> talk about the prequel. <laughs> not, not here on Leveling Up with
1: Benjamin Banks. We don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, Banks, go ahead and take us out, man. And thank yeah,
1: you, well, Mason. What? Mason uh, yeah, like I said, let everybody in social media land know where they can find Mason
3: Alexander Park at. You can find me uh, on Instagram at at Mason Alexander Park and I I think on Twitter I'm Mason A. Park. Um, Mm. And that's those are the only places that you can find me besides oh I have a website www.masonalexanderpark.com My name is just everything. That's it. (laughs)
1: it Hey guys Mason was an incredible guest like Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they responded to my message when I slid in their DMs. That's
0: right. Mm -hmm. Hey. That snow sled baby. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Woo. (laughs) <laughs> it it it, it, it was in the winter. It was it, it was back in January, and mm-hmm. it was still snowing outside. And yep. I I slid on the sleigh. And I it, slid hey, on it, the sleigh. Hey, it was the same sleigh that Santa gave us when we saved Christmas. When we That's defeated right. Michael. So exactly. and of, course, of course, you got to bring home the sleigh. None of us did. But hey, yo. Tra- Trav, you got the uh, you got the coffee mug oh, that, in- that 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 hey. had infinity. Uh, I'll trade you. Nah, I'm good. I want the slave. Exactly. Yeah, That's I, I did get
2: home and there was some new premium drawing pencils See, under my pillow. And yeah. a car is, from Santa. You know what so. would happen?
0: Let's just say they had a you know podcast awards, right? We went. I guarantee you, you know, if they were like, Well, you only get one, his ass would be like,
1: I deserve it. It would be is. just like yeah. it would be just like that episode of Family Guy, remember? When they had entered that uh uh it was the parade and like they all had one trophy. And remember they were all arguing like on oh, who should take the control. No, but they her? do that stuff on a couple, a couple of shows. Yeah. Uh, but I'm,
2: we already I'm, know I'm... he won it right over there up top. Yeah, I will put I will put it right it. up here on the show.
1: I would put it right up there up And the that trap,
2: that's why I come into to our shooting and I put my feet up. And
1: I say what I want. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Gotta push to push this guy back. Ugh. Well, I know, but but for real though, Mason was an incredible guest. And yes. like yes. like I said, you know, everybody who listened to the episode, I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, you know, like Mason had said on the episode, um, donate to the Trevor Project. You know, if you're feeling generous and you want to help out the LGBTQ, donate, make a donation because it goes a long way and it helps a yep. lot of people. So, um, there, Here's we'll, the
0: other thing too. Just don't be a garbage human being.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, but, how, hey, hold on, hold on, hard, trash, trash How hard and if you, difficult to say? If you gonna say it right, say say the right term. Say your term.
0: Oh, oh, I'm sorry.
1: Don't yeah. be a trash. Yes.
0: yes, there you go, trash mm.
1: Look, there you go.
0: Let people live their life because it doesn't affect
1: correct. It is correct.
0: That simple.
2: Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I I think this is a great moment to let those people reflect and stop being so trash. Look yourself in the mirror and realize it, you know, you're no better than anybody else.
0: You know what so usually break your teeth. You know what usually makes for bad movies and TVs? What? It's nine times out of 10 never the casting that people like to complain about. It's the right. fan
2: service. It's yeah, the right. Yeah, complain about that. Don't yep. complain about the casting and yep, who they exactly. are. Well, you know, we we brought that. well, you know, I brought that up week after week uh about the Flash. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not the actor's fault that they're just doing. What are they doing? You think it's their choice to have all this random stuff? I like can guarantee it's not. Stuff? I mean, I'll take it out on Chester just because he's a lightning rod. See what I did there? But uh, Just I'm like when Josh up. Whedon
0: made Cyborg say kaboom.
2: Uh-huh. And he was like,
0: I don't want to say no damn kaboom.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And Josh that's, Whedon hey, that's said, what, you either going to say kaboom or I'm going to ruin your career. That's what mm-hmm. teenagers say, This. That- the Teen Titans said Cyborg said Kaboom, not the adult Cyborg. Not the, mean, I thought he
0: said Booyah. Oh, that's right. It was Booyah, Booyah. not Kaboom. Thank you. He, they want I, either to... Way, did he say ridiculous? it in the movies? And the original Justice League. Uh, see, that's why I don't... Yeah, he says, why Booyah. Don't. He said yeah, Booyah. Yeah, Booyah. That was one of the big... Things of him coming out about Josh Whedon was they fought over the boot yeah. And Josh Whedon pretty much said it, you know, like there's nothing you can do
1: about it. You got to say no more. I can't do that, man. <clears throat> hey, but with that being said, um, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. D, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at.
2: That's going to be rebellious double underscore D23 at Instagram.com. Try You can find
0: your boy over on the Instagrams mm-hmm. at ZK Audio. And if you're in search of a ride and need a train to hop on, where can they find one hey, at? <laughs> sir, I don't switched it up.
2: Oh, oh, look at him. Gone. You got him. You got him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, I, hey, I'm going to have to borrow the train back from Mason because like I said they were they were driving the train uh-huh. on iCarly that's right and uh, yeah I'm going to hop on the Mason train mm-hmm. and you can find me your hero Benjamin Banks at KingBenji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram you can look me up on Facebook at Benjamin Banks I should be the first person to pop up if not then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg make sure you follow all of the leveling up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at leveling up thanks and uh, make sure that you subscribe subscribe to our youtube you can find us at leveling up with benjamin banks on youtube and if you're feeling generous and would love to make a donation to us we have a patreon it's at leveling up banks and i just want to say thank you to our patrons who do donate to us we appreciate you we love you guys and uh with that being said we'll see you next week on leveling up with benjamin banks stay safe drink plenty of water and eat your vitamins and say your prayers peace